This is At Home with Linda and Drew Scott. We are going to have to work on that. How we say that? I was well, trying to use different inflection to sound like fresh. And <laughs> this is At Home with Linda and Drew Scott. It's not working. We'll just no, stick to our regular jingle. Laugh. But thanks for joining us, everybody. Another week, another fun conversation, and more time to hang out with my boo. Mm-hmm. More time at home. More time at home. <sighs> She's already yawning, and we're just starting. It's because you made me, well, you didn't make me, but we stayed up until 2 a.m. last night. It was partying. worth it. Yeah, par- by partying, <laughs> we mean hanging out with Michael Jordan and yeah. the Bulls from the 90s. Uh, yeah, the last we've been dance. watching The Last Dance. and it's, I really like it. I love it. I usually fall asleep uh, in the credits, mm-hmm. at the beginning credits, and then I wake up at the end credits and I ask what happened, and what did I miss? I give you, not the Cole's notes, the Drew's mm-hmm. notes, um, but it's it's captivating. I didn't think you would be as into it because this is, I watched basketball and this was my heyday of watching and playing. Um, and it was really exciting. And then there's the business aspect of it and seeing the franchise and all the dynamics of the personalities on the teams, learning things that you didn't realize about the interactions of the different players. It's so but I think with, with any movie or documentary or whatever, like when it comes to sports docs, like it's, it's always more than just about the sports, you know, it's, it's yeah. about the humans mm-hmm. and. Well, that's actually a, a, a great thing that, Michael Jordan talks about is that people built him up, be like Mike. He's this idealistic person who can do no wrong, but he's a real person. He's a real person with emotions and, and struggles and and um, you know th- things in his life that he's dealing with. And he couldn't shut it off. The moment he left his place and steps out into the public eye, there were masses of people all around, and that that was really hard. Yeah, you you think it would go without saying that he's a real person? Like obviously he's a real person, we all are, but um, I think when you become a brand, people sort of dehumanize you and you can see that in the media and how how they treated him at certain points. It's not to say that everyone did. I mean, there were a lot of people that that obviously still embrace him and love him, but yeah, some some of the media, they were harping on, they're trying to make stories out of what weren't stories and at least from what we know and it's really sad because I can take a toll on somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love docs like this. It's it's like the Mr. Rogers one. Mm-hmm. You know, you think he's perfect, even though I, we still think he's perfect. Well, he's but, but still very also perfect. human, but being perfect means you're not perfect. Well, also when people would say that he's almost, um, what they would, they would treat him like some sort of an idol or, or whatnot. Or a saint. A saint, yeah. yeah. And, and he said he didn't like that because then he, that then gives people yeah, the, mm-hmm. uh, the wrong impression that it's unattainable. And he wanted everyone to know that everyone struggles with fear and anger and different emotions and mm-hmm. that he's just like everyone it's else. It's just what you do with those feelings. Yeah. You know what actually I really love is when it showed the clip of Mr. Rogers uh, and it was in the movie too and they did the exact same thing with the actors in the movie, but it was when he was on the train and you see some thug type guys on the train and stuff like this, but then a kid started singing... Uh, it's Won't you be beautiful my neighbor? neighbor. Yeah. yeah. And then a couple other people started singing. And then the, the like thuggy types on the train were just actually just smiling and laughing and, and the same singing thing. along. And, yeah. And it just shows that everyone yeah. has a way to connect. And that happiness that he would bring out in people was a way to connect. And kindness is universal. Kindness is universal. Mm-hmm. It really is. We all have it in us. I need to kiss you on that note. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's my kindness of the day. Back to being gruff, Drew. Kiss <laughs> my <laughs> um, did you just baby talk me? No, that was me like clenching my teeth because I want to bite. 
you do that when you look at little babies that are cute. But I can't pinch them as hard as I can pinch you. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm a big taking baby. it out on you. I'm a big tough baby. <laughs> this week we had an amazing conversation with siblings. I always love talking with siblings because I know my sibling dynamic. I know your sibling dynamic. Mm-hmm. And then I like to see what theirs is like and then compare. <laughs> but no, just <laughs> to, to learn what, what similarities we might have had growing up. Uh, Kate and Oliver Hudson are so funny. Like their dynamic is hilarious. And to see, they're very different, obviously, but they're thick but as thieves. But that's what works, is yeah. that they're so different. And they were there for each other. Their whole life growing up, um, any struggles as kids, they were always there to support each other. Mm-hmm. Even though Kate would steal more of the camera time than Hollywood. <laughs> would that be... Who amongst the three of you? That was Jonathan. Okay, yeah. I didn't down. even need to ask the question. No, I mean, I love the camera and there's definitely a lot of me loving the camera, but Jonathan back in his early days when he was getting into magic, he was obsessed with the spotlight and it was always get the camera back past, on past him. Past tense or? You know, maybe a little present, but I'm, I mean, we're very similar in that sense, but when it was magic, when it was for magic, it was a whole other level of camera hoggery. Is that a word? Hoggery? It is now. Camera hoggery. hoggery. The hoggery. She's yawning again. Sorry. Am I really boring you that much? No, I'm hungry. I'm, I'm hungry. hungry too, actually. I have okay. to pee and I'm hungry. Okay, before we start eat. the conversation and pee and eat, I'm going to reach into Mr. Rex here. Am I reading it to you or are you reading oh, it to me? I'll read it. Okay. Okay. The cookie jar question. Cookie jar question of the week is, how do you calm your mind? <sighs> I have. Did a we very, ask this one already? I don't think are we, so. Are we taking these questions out when we're yeah, done? Yeah, take okay. them out and leave them out once you're done. But um, I have a great tool. It's actually amazing to help calm my mind. It's called the Linda 2000. And it's. Uh, 2000. Wow, that's ancient. That was <laughs> it's 20 the, it's the years new iterations. ago. <laughs> it, all, it came all the way from the 1.0, and you're the 2000.0. Uh, Very no, evolved. it's uh, for calming my mind. I think the big thing for me, because I always have ideas floating through and a lot on the go, but um, in the morning when I get up, I need to make this a habit, but I like to not go to my phone right away and just take a few minutes to sit there. And then just, even if I find some inanimate object to stare at, like the ceiling or whatever it might be, I like to just sit there and just let myself be still, which helps my mind be still. Mm-hmm. And that, that and does, remember your dreams. The, actually, exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I try and use that time to remember my dreams because it's, you know I don't understand how that works. But at the moment you wake up, and then suddenly that dream that was very vivid, and you remember every detail, gone. And so I use that because moment because your to mind my is immediately flooded with all of your thoughts. Yeah. So I need to align my thoughts at that moment, remember those dream moments, have a bit of that stillness, and then get into my day. How about you? How do I calm my mind? I like to draw or write or dance. Draw, write, or dance. Sometimes I feel dance does not calm your mind, especially if I'm involved because then we're trying to learn like some fancy moves. Well, no, not like learning how to dance, just like look like an idiot dancing. Just do whatever. Yeah, exactly. Which is really fun. Well, why is it when we're younger, we have so many more insecurities about certain things and how we're going to look with other people. But as we get older, I don't know if you find this, but I do. I have no shame. I'll be in the middle of a crowd of people and just do whatever I want to do with some weird dance. And people will look at me funny, but whatever. Well, I, I'm I think, enjoying it. I think it's like, um, you know, like a roller coaster of insecurities. Like when you're really young, you don't care because you don't mm-hmm. know that you 
should care or that like other people are telling you that you should care. Mm -hmm. And then in like your teenage years or like school years, you're like, I don't know, maybe it's natural to compare yourself to others. And then yeah. as you're, as you get older, you just if don't you're care. lucky or if like, you know, you accept yourself, then I guess you, yeah. who cares? I guess everyone's different too. But it was very fun digging into Kate and Ollie as they were younger, seeing their dynamic, seeing who would lash out more than on the other. And I think that's definitely Ollie with some of his antics as a teenager. So here we go. This is our conversation with Kate and Oliver Hudson. Okay, if ADT wasn't professional enough, now ADT installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. I mean, what are they going to do next? They're, they're going to start a country singing career. I would listen to a country band named ADT. Also, I like to know what's happening at our front door from virtually anywhere with my Google Nest doorbell. Just saying. Your Google Nest doorbell? I said our. He said my. Everybody check that. Yeah. All right. Well, I like to control my ADT smart devices, like my lights, my locks. <laughs> my security system with Google Nest speakers and displays. And I like to say, hey, Google, to get started. Listen, I said ours. I'm all about ours, not mine. Help protect what matters most with all this, plus 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help make your home smarter and safer. I can feel the love Bouncing off these walls Shining through the windows Reflecting like a rainbow That's where we belong Yeah, it feels like home that room how's it going it's going i love that sweater oh thanks speaking of bunk there beds, he is. hi how's it going what's up when i go on more keto i get these like crashes because i'm not eating carbs i'm trying not yeah. to eat carbs have you ever had that a little bit from time to time it's just like you just have a lethargic feel yeah yeah i had one of those i had to eat an apple Mm. I just, I just um, had my blood work done. I took like eight thousand vials of blood, and I talked to this nutritionist, David Allen, who Kate, you know, right? Yeah. And uh, I just talked to him on the phone. He told me all about what's going on my hormones and all my blood, and then he's putting me on this sort of plan, this nutrition plan, which I've never been on in my life. So I just read through it, and I'm getting prepped, just mentally prepared to deal with this. So do you know, uh, like we're actually, we just did all the blood work. Linda and I usually try to stay on top of our blood work because as you change to different types of eating habits, we went vegetarian. Uh, we, we do a little bit of fish every month or so, but we are mainly vegetarian. And so we did all new blood work to make sure that we're not deficient in anything. But I have some bacterial overgrowth in my small intestines. So I'm on a low FODMAP diet now. Mm. And then she'll do the same um, eating habit as me. It's easier. But that's interesting to me to see how certain ways it affects your body seems like, like I'm a lot less bloated, but then I find in other ways I, I am still, you know, I, I still have certain frustrations or I don't know. Well, we haven't really been sticking to it. Oh, well, a little bit. <laughs> the, the thing for me, it depends on the kind of person you are. I'm really 
clearly this is a subject I'm very passionate about, um, health and wellness. And my thing about it through, I mean, I've done, I've gone vegan. I've done crazy cleanses. I've done 21 day. I mean, I've done all, I've done a lot of stuff. The reality is, is that we want to eat and live the way we want to eat and live. So how do you do that and stay healthy? That that's my, you know, and, and how do you share that and, and help people who want because it's hard to go from zero to a hundred, like keto, for instance, mm-hmm. to maintain a keto diet, you need resources, you need money, you need, you need to be able to eat in a way that's actually going to be healthy for you in a keto, when you're in a ketosis state, right? Yeah. If you're like someone who wants to go into ketosis and then you're like, oh, fuck it, I'm going to have some pasta on Saturday and you hop out of ketosis, not only have you ruined all of the work that you've done, you're actually hurting. You're, you're putting too much. Um, it, it's too aggressive on your system. If you're going to, you, yeah. when you call it ketosis, it just sounds like a punishment. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it sounds like yeah. a what? Torture. A punishment. It sounds like you're torturing <laughs> torture. yourself. Yeah. It's well, just... it, it feels like a punishment until you start to see the results. Like keto is pretty amazing what it can do. But it's not, a, it's, it doesn't, it's too hard. It's like, you know, if you travel, if you, even just cooking wise, it's like, it's a really hard thing. <clears throat> I need a diet that is going to allow me to drink. And I'm not saying that as a joke. Like I really do. I don't want. I mean, this is going to sound like a WW ad because I'm a global ambassador for W. But that's why people love that program, right? Because it, it's it, it's meant for the like an everyday real lifestyle, mm-hmm. so that you can stay healthy and still under understand. Like if you like a glass of wine, or if you eat pasta, or if pizza is what you you know like that you're not. It is everything in moderation. You're not overdoing it. And what about like the Mediterranean diet, though? You get great. Like, I yeah. love my favorite. Yeah, that's the lots best. Yeah, just lots of fat. Is that yeah? No oh, Mediterranean diet. See, yeah, my- little fish, little yeah. tiny bits of meat. Right, and um, they're like, and then drink six bottles of wine. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> was that, was so that that's our Mediterranean. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I find- so that's how we interpret it. That's our Sicilian interpretation. <laughs> well, this, this <laughs> is the thing, though. So I, I was a personal trainer for years. I went to school. I studied kinesiology. I mean, I've done a million jobs, but I, I was a personal trainer and for, a magician. at a facility that was, and a magician. The magician's uh, brother. Yeah, the, the magic was how I could shred pounds from your body and show those six packs. But uh, no, when I was a personal trainer, the focus for a lot of people obviously was just to burn fat. They wanted to be more lean. Um, but then people would say, well, there's the Atkins diet and there's this diet. And all it is, people take something that could be good and they take it to an absolute extreme where it's not healthy. Like a no carb diet is not healthy. It's not healthy. You need carbs because that's the energy to make you um, function in life. Especially uh, women. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Women really need, we are, we really need our carbs. I mean, I, I think that's my own personal opinion. But. No, I think but vegetable carbs or pasta carbs. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it, it, there's a difference between uh, like simple sugars and things that you shouldn't be eating that give you carbs and it's spiking your energy levels and your insulin that's not healthy. And then there's, too much of a good thing is a bad thing as well. So if you have healthy vegetables or different foods that are healthy for you for carbs or proteins uh, or fats, like oil, if you're overdoing it, then you're just overdoing it. And it's going to store as fat and what you don't want anyway. But I could go on forever when it comes to health. But my whole thing at the end of the day, I just realized is it's actually for a basic nutritious 
way of eating, it's not overly hard, but the bad habits that we put into our lives is what makes it hard because mm -hmm. you get those cravings. Since we went vegan, uh, vegetarian and you know, part of the time we're eating vegan too, we don't actually crave. I thought I grew up in a ranch eating burgers and, and steaks. I thought I'd crave, I don't miss it. No, I don't, I don't miss meat at all because when I cook, I, I hated cooking with meat because I just... I don't know, I just don't Dirty. like touching it. <laughs> but yeah, I don't miss it at all. But um, in terms and of eating- you definitely healthy, wouldn't have liked the bird I made last night. But oh. let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> the the I made the best chicken I've ever made in my life last night. Mm. So I know you're vegan and vegetarian. No. <laughs> so with, uh, with Fabletics, did you start your company because of your passion for healthy living, healthy lifestyle? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, there was a, a number of reasons why that was one of them, you know, there's always a, but if it, if it, if the business didn't make sense, it probably wouldn't have been the avenue that I wouldn't would have taken. You know, I always wanted to do something in fashion. I was getting a lot of people at the time talking to me about wanting to get involved in their companies and stuff. And then I got a call from the, my, my now partners over at Fabletics and we sat down and they were like, look, we think this could be really big. There's a big white space in athleisure that's affordable. And we'd like to build this company with you. And what, you know, what do you think? I mean, this is the, the short version. And I sat with it and I was like, you know, it wasn't a popular way to go at the time. A lot of actresses or girls weren't really making deals like that, especially that were in sort of more affordable price points. Um, and I kind of was like weighing like, oh, would it be a lot cooler to like just keep, you know, like just do like a, a, a high-end fashion ad, you know, and, 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 and not, not overcomplicated. And, um, but the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what? I want to diversify. I want to get into other things. I want to be able to stay home. I like to just get more involved in a business. And this makes the most sense because it's talking to something I'm passionate about. Man. And I just sort of bet on it and it, and, and it, it worked, you know, the first year was crazy successful, like nothing that we could have imagined. And, um, and then we spent the next like two years kind of catching up and now we're just, we continue to grow and build and it's amazing. The, the, the reach and like the community that we've built is just, it's you're, really inspiring. You're like so. the Michael Jordan of fashion athletics. Like you, you took a, a brand at the time that was not not doing anything, and you exploded and and, and grows. So how about how about that series? Oh, yes. we, we've been Phoenix. watching. Kate, Kate, you gotta watch. Great, it. I can't so wait. Good. It makes so because I was in that was my heyday with basketball. I don't I don't know if you guys are huge basketball fans, but huge. Like yeah, Lakers. so the, the Bulls, Lakers, Lakers it, that was just my jam and. And so when Your I'm watching this, jam. yeah, my space jam. <laughs> but when I was watching this, it's the last dance is amazing, but also makes my business brain just fire like crazy. Like the idea of how, you know, Jordan built his brand or it talks about magic and his and, and everything else and how the structure of the franchise is very fascinating. But mm -hmm. so uh, Ollie, does uh, everything on the fashion athletic side of things with Kate, does that rub off on you on the fashion side? Uh, because when I look on Instagram, mainly I Can't just you see you, tell? I see your naked ass on, yeah. on your posts or something like that so it's just genetics man it's just genetics you know no i i do love to work out i like being i like being outside though so when it's mountain biking is big, I'm big into mountain biking running trail running especially or running on the beach 
that's sort of my jam. Any if I'm outside, I like to do my cardio outside. I know David Hasselhoff. I can get him to show you how to properly <laughs> run in slow motion like on the Baywatch beach. Style. Yeah, Baywatch I went, style. Yeah, Baywatch style. I went on a run today, and I know that I'm doing it all wrong because I'm running heel to toe, and I know that's bad. But I tried to run sort of like the way I'm supposed to. And I got like Wait. 30 yards. And I'm like, ah, this is terrible. It was. Wait, it's so funny you say that because someone was like, you were taught to run heel to toe. Yeah, how mm-hmm. are you supposed to run? No, <laughs> see, you're, you, I, and I, my, my body, and I have like a serious runner's body, which is crazy. Like I was, I, I'm built like a, like a sprinter. My, my, and my, my um, instinct is to run on my toes. Mm. And my whole life, people were like, no, no, heel, toe, heel, toe. And I was like, I can't do it. I'm just going to run. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Born to Run comes out. Yeah. And the book, which is an amazing book if you haven't read it. It's a, it, have you read it? No. No. Oh, re- uh, this book is right. so beautiful. It's amazing. But it's all about how we're meant to be, we're meant to run. And that we're supposed to run on our tippy toes and barefoot. I, I have to admit. So again, I studied four years of the the human body with, and when I was training, I've never heard that you're supposed to run heel toe. How the even how the it. hell do you move forward at a, a fast momentum going heel toe? Well, if you're sprinting, obviously you're going to get up on your toes. But when yeah. you're doing like a ten mile run, you uh-huh. know, it's I always go go guy gang, and then I go and my heel hits first. I I want to see you looking like this what pterodactyl or whatever whatever you or whatever it's like Shaggy like. from yeah. Scooby Doo running. Yeah. You know? I uh, look like Shaggy. Yeah, there you go. I do. I do. That's, yeah, that's, you're like a shaggy vibe about you. So, so I, we, I really am interested. I mean, obviously, we got to, to meet him and we were chatting, Jonathan, myself, and you guys uh, a few months back for your podcast, which we absolutely love. Sibling Revelry is phenomenal. Thank uh, you. It's a lot of fun. But um, I want to get more digging into your story as, as kids because Linda hasn't heard much of that either. But what was your dynamic like as kids? Give us a little bit of the scoop. Really simple. I came into the picture and it just got real bad. It was great for Oliver for a good yes. two and a half years. And then, you know, um, I came along and... Mm-hmm. She, she ruined it all. She just... <laughs> She stole everything that I had worked for in the two and a half years of the, of life. Your career. <laughs> uh, we, had a very, we had a very tumultuous relationship, but like we were a team. I mean, yeah. And the other thing too is like from a psychological standpoint, you know, we came, we were coming from sort of a divorce. And I think that I probably didn't even have the capacity to love her the way that she needed to be loved because I was dealing with my own, you know, unconscious shit at that time as well. So, you know, the instability, I think, didn't lend itself to me being all in on my sister. And remember, we also had a dad that wasn't around. And so when and 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 it was kind of in and out. And when he wouldn't show up, it was like, you know, Ollie and I were together on that. It was like. Right. How right, old were right. you guys when that was in the eighties, right? How old were you when your mom and dad split? Well, I was eighteen months. Oliver and I argue about this, but I was eighteen months when they. I think did. I was four. Yeah, so you were just at the age that you're <laughs> probably not quite getting what was happening, but it was confusing. And yeah, did, so did you guys? I guess you relied on each other really to kind of pull yourself through. Um, yeah. That, and- yeah that, and remember that too, you know, we were we were young when they divorced, but the co-parenting thing is where all the complications 
can can happen and right and so during it was really during our fundamental years of development that we were sort of in this state of anxiety of like what's happening Mm -hmm. and in that even though we were you know we had a amazing mom and stepdad whenever our dad would come into the equation there was sort of this touch and go. And we had each other with that. And we mm-hmm. had, we definitely had each other's back. So what's the whole family now? What's the, how many siblings and half siblings? Well, there's four of us in our, in the family we grew up in. And then we have my, our father has three other children. So we, uh, sorry, four other children. Mm-hmm. So we actually have seven siblings. Wait, wait. Right. One, two, three, four, five, six. There's seven siblings. Okay. I was reading something too about sort of like the the parenting that Kurt gave you, Ollie, when you uh, got, um, what, you got arrested for paintballing or something like that? And your your punishment from Kurt was that he made you shoot paintballs at your own car and drive around it in shame. Yeah. I love that parenting. (laughs) It's amazing. The way that... I, I, I can speak I don't for myself. Know how effective that was. Well, it didn't, it, it didn't really work. You know, I mean, our parents, or at least Kurt, sort of gave us the benefit of the doubt. Meaning, I give you guys credit for understanding that you are an asshole and you did this. Ter- you were a terrible person in this moment, right? I'm not going to punish you. You're smart enough to know what you did. We got punished, or I got punished for the small things, for the things that we didn't quite understand when I was being just a dick or taking things for granted or, you know, being arrogant, you know, a perfect example actually is yes, I had to shoot up my car, right? The next morning, Kate, I used Kate's backpack for school backpack to put all my arsenal in. I had taken it from her and she's comes, she goes, Oliver, like, give me my backpack, empty it out. And I'm like, whatever, you know, Kurt comes and says, empty the backpack out. And I'm like, I'll do it later. Just being a total dick after being arrested the mm-hmm. night before. And I, this is my arrogance. And that's when he gets mad. You know, mm. that's where the lesson is taught in that small moment. You know, so that's how, yeah. that's how I was sort of disciplined. Did they know? raise you differently? Uh, did they have different ways of, you know, teaching you a lesson, Ali, as opposed to Kate, how they uh, would teach you a lesson as a kid? I think we were kind of all in the same boat together. I mean, it's interesting because I go back and forth on this. I was talking to my therapist about this today where I'm like, you know, I, I, I raise my, I'm so like aware of my, my children and their differences that I actually find that I do parent them a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. Whereas for us, like we grew up that we just were parented the same. And then no, I, not a lot of nuance. Yeah. I kind of go back and forth. I'm like, maybe it's better the way that, you know, that way everybody's on the same page. But nowadays, you know, they would say every kid responds differently and everybody's mm-hmm. brain is different. And you need yeah. to kind of understand that and approach your children differently and talk to them differently. And you're kind of like, well, I don't know. I go back and forth. Basically what, what I'm saying is I still don't know what I'm doing. No, I, know we, I don't think, I don't think any of us know what we're doing. I, and I always, I always say this, it's not about if we screw up our kids, right? We're all, screw, we're screwing them all up. It's just about to what degree. You know, we're all trying. We're all trying to figure out. The they're best all going to watch this. It. They're going to listen to this, and they're going to realize, oh, okay, so I'm screwed up now. Okay, great, great. Well, my old, my oldest one, Wilder. You know, he's always like, you're, uh, you always pick on me, and I'm always the one getting in trouble. I'm like, yeah, because you're always the one being a dick. Like you're the one who's getting in trouble. Like, he's the most like you. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But do you guys see, so when you're raising your kids though, um, compa- like, not that I'm trying to compare you, but I'm trying to compare you. Uh, the way the two of you raise your kids, are there any real glaring differences for how you guys like oh, yeah. to raise your kids? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's differences and similarities. Oh, yeah. But but we can get into what those are. But I will say that I, I think there's a mutual respect. You know what I mean? Like, I respect the way that Kate does it. And I think she respects the way that I do it. And I you also know? think it's like the question we ask in our in our podcast. I also think there's areas where we wish we could emulate of each other, mm-hmm. too. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. There's so many for cool sure. things. Because we see her sisters. Two of her sisters have kids. And then we have friends that have kids. And so we're soaking it all up. Like, this is great information for us because we want to have kids one day. And I see so many little things that I would have never thought of that I think is the coolest thing um, I was, we were talking to one friend of ours as well too, and they were um, saying how with like for TV time, they do a thing that's like tokens. The kids get a certain number of tokens, and then they get to make the decisions of how to, how, spend, the how to spend the token on. It's I can't remember what it was like an hour of TV time, mm-hmm. and they get you know six tokens or ten tokens a week. And I was like, I like that. how is that? Does that work? Does it actually work? And then you know, if I was a kid, am I going to use all ten tokens at one time and use the entire day to watch Game of Thrones? I don't know. But so it's <laughs> these things that I never would have thought about. But it's it's cool to collect all this information, then find what works for us when we have kids. Oh yeah. I like that. That's something Ollie would never do. No, but we did have point. We had point systems though when they were younger, where they could earn certain things with behavior, with chores, cool. and if they had a certain amount of points, you know, then they would achieve sort of whatever it is was in that box that they filled mm-hmm. up, whether it be like a, a day of hooky or a toy or whatever it is. Yeah. And so we did try to create these games, but they're also choice. Like we're, we, we did that trying to sort of give them some sort of responsibility, meaning you control your fate here. So yeah. just remember that. You do, know? do but you find- screen time, Kate's right. I'm like, it's all about balance for me. Yeah. If you're going to sit and watch TV for an hour, then you're going to be outside and then you're going to play. See, I do like that too. because the one thing that frustrates me sometimes is when we're with some of our friends and their kids are literally just glued to the phone watching something and it's it's a social thing with family. We haven't some of our family we haven't seen in years, but the kids aren't interacting. The moment they try and take it away, it's big hissy fit. Mm-hmm. But um, I I love that idea of balance. There's time when you get it, but you have to understand there's time when you don't get it and mm-hmm. um See, I just don't have tolerance for hissy fits. Like, just leave the room. You're going to have a hissy fit. Like, like, I think, see, that's where I'm I'm strict. Mm -hmm. Because if I I say that it's screen time's done and there's hissy fits, then then they just lost a bunch of screen time. Mm -hmm. And they know that. That's where Katie and I are very similar. Like, I don't have time for that shit either. Like, even when they were little, I would let Mm -hmm. Bodhi as a two-year-old sit, cry on the floor. And I just walk away. I'm like, Hey dude, when you're done, you figure it out. I, I, I don't have time. But they learn. That. I mean, my, yeah. what I've seen from our, our, uh, I mean, obviously we don't deal with it as much, but our, our family and, and friends with kids is they're only doing it because they get they're a reaction from you, it. Yeah. And if they, if you react to them doing it, then they're going to like, in a way that that makes them think they can do that and get more out of you. Then they'll, they'll continue to do it. Don't let them learn that reaction. And then they're going to learn fast that that doesn't do anything. You see it too. when they're really little, like, Ronnie, perfect example was this morning. She's starting, she's now 19 months. So the, the fits are starting. And what I'm excited about is they're starting early. So <laughs> that's really good sign. Cause then they're over earlier, right? Yeah. When they start a little bit later, it's hard, It's a little bit harder, but 
And I, and she just threw herself on the ground because she couldn't have like this little thing that was like a little thing. And she was like, oh, I just threw herself. And she was like flailing. And I just, <laughs> I literally was like, honey, you know, I'm sorry, but you can't have it. And I walked away and I watched her like, like peek over, <laughs> like looking like, Oh, where's my audience? Yeah. Yeah. And she just totally stopped. That's completely forgot about all of it. Like didn't even know, you know, they they don't remember the second, they don't even know why they're having the tantrum halfway through the tantrum. Actually, Mm -hmm. I noticed that too. When, whenever our nephews or our nieces would trip and fall, They'll trip they and fall. Around. Then they'll look around for someone to be like, oh, are you okay? Are you okay? Mm-hmm. And then they'll cry. And I'm like, <laughs> fake cry. That's a fake cry. I can see that right there. I saw what you did. You were looking for reaction and they're only like three. And so some, my friend would be like, why are you talking about kid? Like they don't understand. I'm like, they understand. I'm like, they're, they're smarter, smarter than you think than they are. Think, yeah. ADT now professionally installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. Help protect what matters most with 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. You said that very professionally. I try. (laughs) Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help you make your home smarter and safer. really happens is that when you have babies, all of your own shit just comes out. So you're, you're so true. It's like Dr. Shafali, you know, we got to interview Dr. Shafali and she's so great. And you just have to face your own. It's like your own demons. All of a sudden your trick, your kids push every trigger. Then they get older. They push them even more. Then you get a 16 year old and then they really know you. And then you're like, Whoa, I got to really, figure this, you know, I, I figure how, this stage out, you know, mm-hmm. and it's all a reflection of your own anxiety and fear. And yeah. um, 100%. I mean, I am yelling at Wilder, my oldest. I'm basically yelling at myself when I was yeah. six to 12 years old. <laughs> so I mean, you know, I'm like, you need better work ethic. <laughs> you need, and I'm like literally screaming in a mirror. I am. Yeah. I, and I know I'm doing it. <laughs> but I still do it anyway. <laughs> when, you, when you're in that instance and you're yelling at him for something and then you realize I was selling fake IDs when I was in school and whatever else, you're like, it's not really you're that not bad. That bad. <laughs> so back to when you guys were growing up, when you, when was it that you realized that you had famous parents um, uh, or like your stepdad with, with Kurt? Um, and, and when did you guys start to get an interest in that same field of acting and, and entertainment? Well, I mean, famous parents, it's, it's, I don't even know if we knew a world without it. We just sort of grew up that way. You know, um, for me, um, I didn't love it. You know, I didn't love the intrusion. I didn't love people coming up, you know, when we were having dinner and interrupting. And I, I remember having strong feelings about that, even as a kid and just this anger, I felt anger, mm-hmm. um, and and it, it bothered me. And back in the day, you know, we'd be walking down uh, out of a gate, you know, going through the airport. We landed it. Remember that gate? Like all of a sudden, like eight thousand paparazzi would like jump out of nowhere, and like you know, backing up as we're walking through the airport. And I remember just not liking any of that, you know. Um, 
as far as the business goes, I wanted to make movies. I never wanted to be an actor until I was in my 20s. Mm. It was sort of by default anyway. I was like, Kate's doing it. Mom's doing it. Kurt's doing it. Like, <laughs> I just like, I'm just too good like, what the hell am I to be behind do? camera. Like, I try this. So yeah. did you ever try to not do what, be in the same industry as your parents because you wanted to get away from it? No, 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 not, not at all. I don't our parents, know. We're too close. I mean, yeah. the reality is, is that, yeah, if we, ha- if we hated our parents, we'd probably be like, I will never be like you. Right. You know? <laughs> but we love our, like our parents are awesome. They're fun. Mm. And we've had the most, like, you know, I, you know, we, we've had a, a just a really wonderful childhood. And then growing up on set too, you know, it's oh, such God. a creative place. Mm. And, you know, it's so, it it's was magical. awesome to be this magical. magical. I mean, I still, if I'm driving down a street in LA and I see a produ- movie production, I'm still like, ooh, you know, like, <laughs> I wonder like, what's going on. But it's do you so remember- funny because I, I do, you know, it's an interesting thing to grow up in an industry, to be involved in the industry and still love being on a set, you know? I mean, that to me is an indication that you really love what you do, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think the the foundation of that is probably just loving to tell stories. And we have parents who love to tell stories, especially Kurt. He's an amazing storyteller. So we grew up, Kurt would, I mean, he would create the most elaborate story time. Mm. And and the stories he would tell, and we'd sit around as kids going like, is that real? Is it real? Like, <laughs> is that a real story telling? Is it like not real? I mean, that's gotta be. Then we'd like go and we'd call like, you know, our uncle Larry and be like, Larry, was this story true? Is this, mm. Kurt was such a good storyteller. And then we wanted to tell our stories. You know, when you love a parent and they're giving you something so special and magical, you want to emulate it. And so then we, of course, wanted to be our own storytellers. And then in our family, we would tell a story and then we would be told that we needed to probably work on it. (laughs) 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 So we have immediate, immediately, we have the best critics in the world going, Mm -hmm. you should probably work on your third act. Mm -hmm. And um, (laughs) so as kids, it was almost like, this is, we just want to like see these stories come to life, you know? Yeah, and it was a family of laughter. I mean, we laugh. And still do. I mean, I, I, it's unrivaled. I don't know who, I mean, I'm sure there are, but I mean, we, when you get into a laugh where everyone is like deeply belly laughing and we're, we're afraid that Kurt's going to might have a heart attack, and, <laughs> you know, that's when it's good. That's when it's just, it's so cleansing and feels amazing. And that's, I was dating a guy once and they, they came and met my family and it was, of course, as it is, loud, laughter, hilarious. It was the best day. Left with this guy I was dating. He looked at me and he goes, well, that's hard to compete with. Oh. And I was like, bye. <laughs> I guess we're not dating anymore. What does that mean? Like, it was like, compete with how fun we are like that's weird so but but going back to you know the the great times it's great that you guys can laugh together but did you guys grow up in an environment where you could also talk about the hard stuff oh god with each other very open very open yeah yeah without a doubt you know so that's what i think that's part of why we're so close right um you know my parents our parents are very um 
they're also open about their own, you know, and I think, I think nowadays people talk about that more than their generation of parents, which is, you know, my parents, if they made mistakes, they'd own them Mm. most of the time, you know, and, and, and that did make us feel like, oh, we're, we're all going to make mistakes. The other thing I think my parents did that was really interesting is they let us make mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, there was no, their expectations weren't, weren't um, so high. I mean, they were high in some places, but in terms of like making mistakes in relationships mm-hmm. or love or friends or th- there was no like, there was no roadmap that we had to follow to get their approval. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think there were probably plenty of times too, Kate, where it was like they would see one of us going down a certain path and yeah, they could intervene, but it's like, you know what? Let them go down the path, figure mm-hmm. it out, you know, and obviously we'll be there if they need us, but we could intervene right now and say, don't do this, but they're going to let see, us. I like that. that takes so I, I really much. like that. Especially for someone like my personality. So I'm someone that if I know how to do something and you don't, I want to just show you so you can move along and you can forget that the learning process, just jump forward a little bit. Mm -hmm. But then I'm always reminding myself or Linda's, you know, reminds me too sometimes is you have to be able to trip up a little bit because it makes you learn things a little more or makes you remember certain things. And so I think for me, a big challenge as a parent when I, when we have kids is to not jump in to show them how to do this or do that and let them make those, those errors, take the wrong path. Mm-hmm. As they get older, it even gets more complicated. You know, you're like, no, you know, especially like talking about colleges or what do you want to do? or Where do you want to go? And you have to trust them and believe in them, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah, I mean, it's scary too, you know? I mean, it's and I'm weird. feeling that now, and I'm sure you are as well, Kate, especially with Ryder being 16, but that's a big moment for a parent. I mean, he's quarantined, so the driving isn't happening yet, but for when it's like, okay, go ahead. You can, now you're on your own. I mean, that's some scary shit right there, but you have to trust that you've done a good job up to that point. Make Your kid's going to make good decisions or know how to get out of the bad ones. <laughs> in, five, in, five, in five days, my son is a junior in high school. But you know, you, you do, you have to, the letting go part is, of any expectation is is challenging. Well, it, you know, it's been a lot of fun digging into your, you know, your, your child and how you guys raise your kids, because honestly, it's, it's all education for us too. And, and I am really excited to trip up and fail as a parent and learn from it and continue yeah. to grow. It's fun. It's instinct. I mean, I, I can only speak from my own experience, but trust your instincts, you know, because yeah. you know your kids instinctually better than any book or or, or better than what anyone is going to tell you mm-hmm. as far as advice goes. And I also think like the way people live, everybody lives differently. So like, for instance, you, you know, you're talking about screen time and what are the rules for screen time? Like Oliver and I are different on this, but you also have to understand Oliver is so active with his kids. Mm-hmm. They go out, they're biking, they're hot. He, exa- they, they, he exhausts the kids. So when they're inside and they're on their tablets, it's like they've, all, they, they've been more active than any other kid, you know, yeah. or, or most kids. Most. Um, yeah. Wait, we went, we just came back from camping. We were camping for two nights. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's like, so, you know, they, they've, they know nature and, yeah. and so it kind of counteracts the, 
Yeah, but you you also understand your kids like like if I saw Wild or any of my kids were getting affected by this in some way, and I felt that I would change it up. You know what I mean? Um, If I saw that Rio, for instance, Rio, she was watching too many of these like you know videos for these Beyonce the what. Beyonce videos? The Beyonce, the Beyonce. Oh, yeah. Well, not that one specifically, <laughs> but it's where these girls are sort of like, oh my God, like, what are you doing? Oh, like, that oh, whole oh. thing. I thought and you were about the sexual dance that she, the Beyonce dance she did. Oh, that's so just, sexual. that's your fault. Just pure, gen- <laughs> just, just genetics, just pure genetics. That's your fault. <laughs> no, but she started talking like that. And I'm like, all right, we're done with those. I, I can't stand that this is now seeping into the, your vernacular. Oh, no. You know what I mean? So now that you guys, well, while in quarantine, um, you know, isolation, have you guys found it's sort of amplifying any little frustrations or are you guys excited to get back out into the, the new norm as we can get outside of our home more? We were saying earlier, like our families are sort of built for quarantine. Like we're, we're good kind of hunkering down. Yeah, I do. There's certain things that I'm, you know, miss. I do want to get back into some, but, but, um, I just want to be safe. I just want to do the right thing. And um, I feel that, you know, for people that can be more careful and don't have to go back into like the things that have to build the economy in a certain way, which I think is also important to be careful. Yeah. You know, I, I, I just, I just want to take it one step at a time. Yeah. yeah I was losing it. I, and I, I, I was good. And then I, I was losing it in the last week or so, you know, because I, I try hard through, you know, my therapy and through, you know, my own sort of self-analysis to really live in the moment, right? It's a cliche thing to say, but it's the truth. I mean, if you are, if you are present and living in that moment, Nothing really matters in the future or the past. And the problem is, is that the moment is exactly the fucking same every day. So yeah. you're living the same moment every day. And on, honestly, it was tripping me out a little bit. I was getting a little shining, like, you yeah. know, like I was like, ah, and yeah. feeling anxiety, you know? So I, uh, I came out of that and I went into nature, you know, I went camping and, uh, you know, I'm all right. I think it's just about trying to sort of, again, stay present and understand this is just the world right now. I see. I have a theory about that. I think that when you get uncomfortable is when the transformation happens. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think this also so is... whatever is, that is, is... What, what was I trans... What was happening to me? Well, hopefully you'll figure it out and then <laughs> you'll feel your, better. Your inner <laughs> butterfly will yeah. flourish. Yeah. You yeah. know what I did? You know what? Honestly, what it made me do is get back into my practice, which is sort of, you know, a visualization or meditation or I went to the Hoffman process sort of getting back into that kind of work, which I have Mm -hmm. done in the last 10 days consistently. And it's shifted something. So I think that is the lesson. It's like, Oh, Oliver, you have to, you're maintaining your eating and I'm doing well with working out, but you have to sort of be quiet and have your 20, 30 minutes, just you, in okay. whatever practice it is that you are, you know, actually, doing. isolation for me has been really great for that purpose because I'm we're always flying all over multiple cities at a time filming. But this has helped me remember every morning just take that few minutes to silence my brain for a little bit, meditate, stretch, a little bit of yoga or Pilates, and mm-hmm. then again later in the day trying to. Linda and I've been going for a walk just in our little area here, just to our neighborhood to um, kind of get some fresh air, but 
you know, it gives me more time to reflect. But I mean, there are aspects that for filming. We, we can't be filming what we've been doing. You know, we have 10 houses that are sort of waiting for us to get back to filming and then on to the next uh, block as well. And okay, you have two films on the go. So have they had to stop down or you're finished? So one of them were still, you know, we had to shut down. And then there is a couple that I had and, you know, Oliver and I are producing one that we were supposed to be, hopefully we're supposed to be shooting this summer, which we're not anymore because mm. the location is Europe. So yeah. it makes things difficult. And then, um, and also I don't know if we're going to get back into production in movies any very soon. Oh, like the, the really big budget movies, they, they'll try to figure out, you know, but I think it's going to take a second. If they can somehow figure out insurance, then, yeah. then maybe. Well, know? that's what I was going to say. That That's the tricky thing too, because if anybody gets sick or shut down because of it, they're not covered, yeah. you can't if afford that. If your number one or number two gets sick on a, on a movie, and then not only that, but... You know what? If one person, if, but 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 imagine if your number one or number two gets sick, you can't work with them. Mm -hmm. What do you shoot? You know, so yeah. the, the production has to completely shut down, and that's for weeks. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's going to be a tough, uh, slow kind of back to normal. But what what Linda and I are really excited about is the idea of it's going to be a new normal. I think a lot of people have learned a lot of things. There are a lot of ways to be more efficient with what we do. Less travel needed, More hopefully, in, in certain aspects of certain. Well, how about businesses? just the conservation aspect of things? Like we're trying to be a we're, we're we're a consumer society, of course, but we are trying to be conservationists, just in general, you know. And it's a, it's perceived as this left sort of leaning thing, but now we are all forced to conserve. And number one, it's not that difficult, is what in my in my estimation, right? Mm -hmm. Number two, in eight weeks or nine weeks. Think of what has changed in the world, even in, 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 in three months. Mm -hmm. You know, 17% of CO2 emissions has, has, has yeah. gone down. Mm -hmm. A third in the United States, 33%. You know, I mean, and, and there are now in Yosemite, and you're looking, they're going to be open camping and stuff. Now they're talking about how you have to be careful because these animals are now sort of infringing upon these human spots. And they're not as used to seeing humans anymore. So they have short memory. I mean, the world is sort of, the earth is healing in, well, it's, in just it's, fucking yeah. three months. I mean, imagine 10 years just yeah. for fun. And that's the, that's for us the most beautiful thing about this is to see, to hear the birds, to see blue skies and to see other people just having this renewed relationship with nature, even if it's just in your backyard. You know, we're appreciating that fresh air so much more. And mm -hmm. that's why we're not in a hurry to get back. We feel for everyone who needs to get back to work, but yeah. But we hope it is with like a new perspective and appreciation. Oh, yeah. it, it will be a planet. new norm. I, yeah. I really hope it will be a more mm -hmm. um, e eco-conscious I mean, if, if, norm. If, if what if what Dr. Fauci is saying about a second wave is true, then you know we'll probably be back in this situation in October, depending on how bad it comes. If it mm -hmm. if it does come back, if there is a very strong second wave. You know, and they don't have the vaccine and we're still in this like we're, you know, I think we're I think we're just going to have to adjust and constantly be moving with, like you said, this new norm. So, yeah, I think it's actually good to think ahead and not to think that things are going to go back to normal. You know, we don't know what like we need to be able to see it, the big picture a little bit yeah. differently now. And no, 100%. And I think that that's, um, sorry to interrupt there, but looking further ahead to see, well, can we continue this pace, the conservative ways 
um, with, um, you know, the way we've been um, tr- trying to eat like, just for food in general. We're trying to eat what's in the pantry. We're not going out and, and splurge shopping on food mm-hmm. um, like we might have done in the past. Or we're also trying to support local small re- business restaurants and whatnot too and finding ways that we can just simplify. Right. And the, only, the other thing too is, you know, it's all about the next generation. You know, we were the next generation and now we have spawned the next generation. And these kids are getting a real dose of what it's like to conserve, they're forced to. So what's nice about it, the silver lining in all this, and I've seen it even with my kids, not wanting to waste food all of a sudden, you know, taking a portion that they think they're going to be able to finish. And when they don't, they're like, oh my God, dad, what do I do? It's not, I haven't finished it, right? So if we can, if this time can sort of ingrain these lessons into our children, once they become the leaders, then this will just be part of who they are and how they Mm -hmm. want sort of the world to move forward. We know, oh. I got one more thing we're going to do. This is our, our, our cookie dino jar. cookie jar. Oh. We just throw random questions in here. I'm going to ask you guys something. All right. So one day we'll pull out a cookie from there. <laughs> Hold on. You wanna... I want a cookie right now. Oliver, how yeah. is it you're the most good looking person in the family? No, I just made that up. Uh. Uh, <laughs> uh, what is the hardest part of being with each other? Huh. So, in the sense of Ooh. siblings. No, when, when Katie and I are together, it's, I mean, Kate for sure is the, if I was to have to go to dinner, go out, go have fun with, with one person on the, on the, on the earth, it would be my sister. You know, oh, nice. I mean, we don't <laughs> really, we have issues like anyone else, but there's nothing really difficult about being with Kate. I mean, no. you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I, a, no, that's, that's a, I mean, hey, that's a great answer. I For the sibling dynamic, you know, the funny thing with Jonathan too, it's the same. Like I can't think of, obviously I love spending time with Linda, but if there was another person I thought I'd, you know, to go out and do something with, he's my go-to. It's just like a built-in best friend. Mm-hmm. I, I will say what I, I know is when we were sitting down uh, recording for Sibling Revelry and then Jonathan and Ollie were sitting next to each other and then Kate and I were on the other side, it was literally like, the, the two of me on this side looking at the two of Jonathan on that side because Jonathan likes to every now and then he'll just throw out some totally inappropriate thing. He'll say something yeah. that's totally inappropriate. I'm like, why do you have to say that? Why are you saying that? But he just does it because he likes to see me get a little bit like, oh, come You're on, right. uncomfortable. I mean, if I was saying it's for Kate, it would be that maybe the, I'd get inappropriate <laughs> and say things that are sort of, you But know, it makes maybe. it fun. So. You know, it's funny, you know, we're, it, it makes it makes a good team, mm-hmm. um, which I think was surprising for Oliver and I. Not su- surprising is the wrong word. I think it was a pleasant um, observation about us as a team when we started doing sibling revelry is we were like, mm-hmm. we're, we're good together mm-hmm. like this. You yeah. know, we, we go back and forth and we have this ease about the way that we communicate and um and i know i I, when something comes into my head that i know is inappropriate i know that kate's gonna be like oh oliver or (laughs) delete that something like that i i know it's i know it's gonna happen i i know the reaction (laughs) that i'm gonna get for her and that's half of why i'm even gonna say it yeah exactly (laughs) you know because i know how she's gonna react and she's gonna be disgusted with me or oh 
God. You know, <laughs> you know what I, I love when we were recording though, but you, there were things you were saying and then, oh, we're, you got to delete that. Or the, we're delete, you say, right. and then you just leave it, you leave it all in. You just leave everything that. in the episode anyway. So but, uh, exactly. well, that's yeah, like always, I, uh, every episode I'm like, okay, no, <laughs> that went way too far. <laughs> Kate's the conductor, right? Kate drives the train. And then I make hard lefts and hard rights. I'm like, eh! and then Kate's like, Jesus, and like brings the train like back onto the track, you know? Yeah, although since we've been doing it now a while, uh, we're we're sort of now kind of like I think there's a there's a pace and a familiarity with with interviewing. You know, it's not what we do. And you work with people all the time, you're constantly asking them questions about what they want and what they're energies like in their home and all this stuff. You know, I, I've only ever been honestly asked. I've been the interviewee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and so we love it. I think it's all about curiosity, isn't it? And yeah. And you know, we'll be doing it for a while. I think. Good. Yeah, yeah. Good. So I hope so. And I think a lot of people out there hope so, but looking forward to seeing you guys in person again soon. Thanks for taking time to sit down and chat with us. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. It was thank nice you. to meet you over Zoom. Nice to, to meet you too, you. Linda. Stay safe. Stay this sane. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that's from thank them. You. Yeah. Thank you.